Good morning. Welcome back to another episode of Trevor Talks on Ram Radio at Angelo State University. You can listen live on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 11 a.m. on the TuneIn Radio website or mobile app, or you can listen anytime on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Today I'm going to be talking a little bit about my trip down to Houston uh, last weekend what it's like to be traveling in a pandemic, and uh, all the all the cool stuff I did while I was down there. Uh, so first of all, as many of you know, I am from Houston, and I'm a student out here at Angelo State University. And it's uh, it's about halfway through the semester now, and so I was going to go back visit my family for a weekend, go hang out with them, do some other stuff while I was in town. I had uh, some service work. I was going to go do some some volunteering out there while I was there. And a lot of things just kind of went together, made it a good weekend to go back and visit. So it wasn't this this past weekend, uh, but it was the weekend before this past weekend. So I was going down to Houston, and I decided to fly because it's like a six-hour drive uh, and only maybe three hours worth of flying. So it's a lot faster. And also, due to low demand because of the current pandemic, uh, flight prices are pretty cheap, uh, especially compared to usual. So kind of decided that that was going to be a good, good way to go. And this was interesting because a lot of times... Uh, I'm on social media, I talk about where I'm going to go, what I'm going to do, um, where I'm going to travel so I can, can hang out with some good people there while I'm there. Uh, but there was a volleyball game going on at one of the schools in my district and I was going to go back and surprise my friends on the volleyball team and show up at their game because they thought I wouldn't be back until... Thanksgiving break, winter break, lasts from Thanksgiving until mid-January. We've got a nice long break. Uh, the university didn't want us to all go home, mix it up with our friends and family, and then come back here to campus for a few more weeks. So it was a, a move to decrease the risk and exposure of people and uh, prevent people from catching COVID and, and having a big issue with that because no one wants to get everyone sick. So it was a, it's a good strategic move, but I was going back. And so I didn't, I didn't post about it on my social media. No one knew I was coming, um, except for a, a very select few, of course, but I got there and going to go to the volleyball game and surprise them. But first, I'm going to talk about the the travel process, uh, what it's like to travel in a pandemic, of course. So flying here from San Angelo, there's not a direct flight from here to Houston for some reason. Uh, definitely would be nice if United wouldn't uh, add a flight between San Angelo and Houston, uh, but they don't have that yet. So I was flying American have to have a layover at their hub in Dallas, uh, which was really nice. Um, Dallas is a, it's got a great airport there. Uh, obviously last week I mentioned the 
paper straws at the Whataburger at the airport, which are less than preferred. Uh, and on that note, I actually got a response from the manager of the Whataburger there at the Dallas airport. I had sent him an email through the Whataburger online contact form suggesting that maybe they, you know, consider doing waxed paper straws or some other kind of renewable, sustainable straw rather than just straight paper uh, because of the problems I mentioned, you know, previously with that. And he replied and he said that he would look into it. He thinks the wax paper straws might be a, a good idea and that this is the only Whataburger in the world that has to have these paper straws strictly due to the Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport regulations. So it's, uh, it's good to know that they are considering changing that up. I definitely think that there are better options than paper straws. But anyway, so I'm leaving here, leaving San Angelo. The plane was only about two-thirds full, and it's one of those small planes, so there weren't even any middle seats to block. Um, but you're required to wear a mask on the plane. They don't serve drinks or beverages or anything like that. It was only about a 45-minute flight, so... It's it's pretty pretty typical. I mean, even if they were serving drinks and beverages, they probably would just give you a little bottle of water. Um, but they do have bottles of water in case people get thirsty. You just have to ask a flight attendant nicely, and they'll they'll go get you one. But they're just not serving stuff on purpose uh, on flights that are shorter than like two hours. So that's a uh, Interesting move by American Airlines there to to kind of lower the amount of contact and all that. So totally understand it. So got to Dallas about 45 minutes after leaving San Angelo, of course. And I had to take the the train at Dallas Airport. If you've ever been there, you know what I mean. Uh, it's this like elevated kind of tram that they have connecting all of the terminals and I just, yeah, I, I had to ride it around to get over to my the other terminal because it's a larger plane that they operate between Dallas and Houston. And on the way, I got off the train and I had to go downstairs to the, to the main terminal because the train is so high. It's like elevated. Um, so I had to take an elevator to get to it. And... It was, it was really interesting. I noticed uh, a sign on the fire exit door that said it was closed due to COVID. They don't want people to use this fire exit um, in order to, to promote social distancing and other safety precautions. So interesting strategy there. Uh, not sure quite how that works, but... Uh, it was, a, it was a good layover in Dallas, aside from the paper straws. I tried the Whataburger Pico de Gallo burger for the first time. It's very interesting, by the way. Uh, I don't know if I would try it again because it's, it's a little different, uh, but it's not different in a bad way. It's just It's got crunchy Pico de Gallo, and it's kind of spicy. Um, so it's just 
it's it's not your typical burger, um, but it was good to a degree, I suppose. Uh, and so then I, I kind of hung out there. I had about an hour and a half layover in Dallas, so I got to sit down and do some homework, get it all done while I was in there. Really nice. And uh, then it was time to get on my plane to Houston. So this was the last flight of the day between Dallas and Houston. I had kind of left late because I needed to go to class first before I could leave for the weekend. But since it was the last flight of the night, our flight was packed. The whole thing was packed. There was not a single empty seat on the plane. Um, even with social distancing, they had all the middle seats full. It was, it was insane. And before we were about to board, the gate agent guy got on the microphone and he was like, hey, guys, this flight is 100% full. Some of y'all are going to need to put your bags in the cargo hold because we don't have carry-on space in the overhead bins for all y'all's stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I had my rollerboard carry-on suitcase with me and uh, I didn't need it, you know, for an hour. So I was like, yeah, okay, y'all can put mine in there. Not a big deal. Uh, they just they just put the check tag on it, pick it up at the baggage claim when you get to your destination. And I figured this wouldn't be a big deal. This would be fine. Uh, wouldn't be a problem. Uh, and we'll we'll get to that later. Uh, so we get on the plane, sat down and everything, and it was really interesting. I, I was really blessed to have some interesting people. Uh, so sitting behind me, uh, we're part of this group. There was a group of about 50 people on their way back to Houston that were over in Tokyo doing a, a graduate study abroad program. I don't, I, I don't think I heard the name of which university it's associated with, uh, but there are all these people who are over there in Tokyo for about six weeks, kind of throughout the summer into the early fall. And they were coming back, and so I got to listen to these people in the row behind me uh, talk about what it was like being in Tokyo. They happened to be sitting next to just some other random person, and they were making small talk about, about their trip. So it was very interesting to listen to that, get a different perspective on what uh, college and studying is like in a pandemic, aside from my own. Obviously, I'm out here at Angelo State University, and uh, things are going really well out here for us. Things are a little different, but we still have face-to-face -face classes, and uh, they also had face-to-face -face classes there in Tokyo on their study abroad program, and they had to wear masks also, but they also had to do uh, testing once a week and some other um, extreme, if you will, security precautions, uh, but all in the name of safety. So I'm glad to hear that they had a good time there doing that. And um, then about halfway through the flight, uh, we heard some, some kind of panicking, maybe four rows behind me. And uh, I was like, I wonder what's going on back there. And the lady called the flight attendant over and she was like, there's something leaking on me from this bin. 
And uh, the flight attendant was, she pulled this bag out the bin and she was like, whose bag is this? It was like a handbag, maybe a, a large purse. Uh, it was dark. I couldn't really see. Um, I don't know exactly what it was, but a lady, a, a row behind them was like, that's my bag. You know, why are you touching it? And the flight attendant goes, ma'am, your bag is leaking water out of the, the overhead bin. So it was like her water bottle hadn't been fully sealed before she put it in her purse and put that in the overhead bin. And at some point during the flight, it just started leaking. And so there was water coming out the overhead bin, getting all over this passenger who was sitting there. Uh, and the passenger sitting there didn't know what it was. She didn't know it was water. She could have thought maybe the, the air conditioning, coolant fluid was leaking or something. I don't even know. But that was about it for the, you know, as far as eventfulness in this flight. It was like a 55-minute flight uh, just from Dallas to Houston, nothing too crazy. So they they didn't have any food or drinks again, obviously, because uh, it's under two hours. But Again, if you needed a water bottle or something, you could just ask the flight attendants nicely and they'd help you out. Uh, I spent my time on the flight playing some phone games and uh, watching the map on the screen of where the plane was in relation to cities and whatnot. I have a pretty good idea of where the cities of Texas are. Uh, so seeing us fly over each of them on this virtual map was very refreshing. I always enjoy that. And uh, that was about it. So we we get back to Houston. And as soon as we're kind of on the ground, pulled up to the gate, uh, they hadn't even opened the, the door to the plane yet. And like these four ladies from the back of the plane are running up there to the front they want to get off the plane first. They got to be up front. You know, they were out of their seats before the seatbelt sign was even off. It was crazy. And, uh, you know, I, I just hope that they got wherever they needed to be really quickly because it looked like they were in a rush, uh, seeing as how they were up at the front of the plane ready to get off before the door was even open. Um, but that was, that was nice. So I uh, got off the plane... We're over there at Terminal A at Bush Airport in Houston. Nothing too crazy. I've flown in there plenty of times before. And we go over to the baggage claim. We wait a few minutes. And our bags start coming down. Again, I got to wait for my suitcase to get off the plane because I let them check it for this almost hour-long flight. And these bags are coming off. And they keep getting almost caught on the edge because when they put these bags on uh, the belt, they put them on kind of face down so that when you, you pull them off, the rollers are right there and you can just roll them right off. Uh, but the problem with that is people overstuff their bags a lot. And so they're not flat and they're kind of puffy on that one end. And so they, they almost get stuck. Uh, on the, the little thing between the conveyor belt that comes down from the ramp and to the, to the baggage claim. So after maybe the 10th bag came off, 
one of them got kind of stuck there and the machine shut off. And we're like, okay, well, this is great. You know, the, the bag machine has just stopped uh, putting our bags off. And so we waited for maybe five minutes thinking it would just turn itself back on. Uh, nothing happened. And there were a couple airport maintenance guys there. So we asked them, we were like, hey, you know, do you know what's going on with this? Is this something that you can fix or is there a bigger problem? And the airport maintenance guys were like, we can't do anything about that because that's the airline's job. So we kind of just hung out there. And about 15 minutes later, a couple of the ramp agents came down and turned the bag thing back on. And uh, so it was cool. The bag started coming down again. And then somebody's car seat uh, was there. They were bringing their car seat for their kid to ride in. And uh, it had one of those straps, kind of buckle thingies, and it ended up getting stuck in the machine. So the machine turned off again, and uh, we're waiting on our bags. We've got these 50 people uh, coming back from Tokyo. They all have like two bags each because they were there for six weeks, so they had to bring a lot of stuff with them. And so there, there was just an abnormally large amount of suitcases we were waiting on. And then plus it was a full flight, you know, so it was just, it was a lot. Um, but finally they got this, the strap unhooked, unstuck out the machine cause it wasn't in a bag or a tray or anything like that. Uh, and we were, we were rocking and rolling again, got the bags coming back down the machine of the baggage claim. And so I got my suitcase Finally got to head out. Uh, my dad was there to pick me up, take me home. Uh, so that was nice being back, visiting my family. I got to see my dog again. Uh, and, of course, my parents and sister. They're always fun to see also. But uh, it was nice. Nice being back there in my own bed for the night. Uh, definitely larger than these dorm beds, although the dorm beds are nice by dorm bed standards, of course. And uh, so I was going to be there for the weekend, and I needed to be up in Navasota on Friday night and then most of Saturday to do some volunteering, some service projects. And Friday night is when I was going to go to that volleyball game. Uh, so it was nice to, nice to be out there seeing these friends of mine playing volleyball, getting to support them cheer them on. I always like to be loud, supporting people at these sporting events. Um, sometimes I cheer a little too loud and the, uh, the school administrators have to kind of come over and tell me to tone it down a little bit because I'm taking it too seriously, which is understandable. I, I, I do. I'll admit I do take sports a little too seriously sometimes, but it's all in good fun. Um, so watching volleyball games during a pandemic is, is pretty different also. Uh, so since it's at, at the school there at the high school, we're all required to wear masks while we're spectating, of course, which is, you know, to be expected. Uh, you have to sit six feet apart from people who aren't in your party. Uh, so if you're, if you're going with a sibling or a parent or if your parent's going to watch with your 
spouse to watch your your kid play or your friend, something like that. You can sit together, but you can't be sitting immediately next to some random stranger, of course. Um, But I think the biggest difference was that they weren't switching sides after each set. Uh, which is which is pretty different. I thought, you know, usually the teams just switch sides of the net uh, after each set instead of staying on one side the whole time. Uh, but they don't do that anymore because they want to reduce the amount of moving around that these players do. They have to wear masks, facial coverings while they're sitting on the bench, uh, whenever they're not playing, when they're in a team huddle. Things of that nature, similar to what the UIL has football teams doing. They have to sit far apart from each other on benches and and wear masks when they're not playing. Things of that nature. Um, And then in addition to that, there's uh, a seating capacity in, in the gyms. So you can't exceed the maximum amount of people allowed in there as per the governor's order. Uh, I think in the Houston area, we're up to 50% or 75% of capacity. So they just have to limit the amount of people coming in, limit the amount of tickets being sold. Uh, So that was nice. And it was awesome being there. Total surprise. They had no idea I was coming. Uh, So great to see all my friends again. And some of the other guys who are also friends with the volleyball players there and cheering them on with me. So fantastic people. Great to see them again. Uh, next day, of course, I was in Navasota all day doing service projects. That night, I went up to College Station to eat dinner with some friends, uh, socially distanced, of course. And uh, that's about it. Drove back to Houston, packed up my stuff, got ready to fly back. Uh, the next morning, uh, I got over to the airport. Security was nice and quick. And... I overheard someone in the terminal next to me sitting at my gate ready to get on this flight between Houston and Dallas so I could head back here to Angeles State. And this guy said he was going to Omaha. And I was like, whoa, you're going to Omaha? And he said, yeah. And so I told him about the time I was in Omaha uh, last year. It was about a year ago in August. And I was in the Omaha airport. I was in Omaha for a weekend doing some business. uh, And it was time to leave. And while I was in the airport, I got kind of hungry. So I went over to their restaurant. And at this restaurant, I noticed that they had a bunch of autographed guitars on the wall. And then one guitar that wasn't autographed. And so I asked the guy working the cash register if I could autograph the guitar. I was like, I'm kind of a big deal down in Houston. I'm a local celebrity within my community. Can I sign the guitar? And the guy was like, I don't know. Let me go ask the manager. And so he whips out his cell phone and dials up the manager because he wasn't there right then. And he kind of steps in the back And he's talking to the manager and I'm sitting here thinking there's no way that they're going to let me sign this guitar. I'm a total rando. They don't know who I am and there's just no way they're going to let me. And the guy comes back five minutes later with a Sharpie 
and he gets the guitar off the wall and hands it to me. He's like, yeah, my manager says you can sign it. So I'm there in the Omaha airport. I autograph this guitar and the guy puts it back up on the wall. I had him take a picture of me holding it. And uh, so he, he put it back up on the wall. And I've known a few people who have flown through Omaha since then. Uh, and they, I always tell them, go check it out. See if my guitar is still up there. And it's still there. It's still there. It's still got my autograph on it. Um, right there. So if any of y'all are ever in Omaha and you're in the terminal that has American and United and Delta in it, uh, they got two terminals. The one has American, United and Delta, and the other one has like Southwest, Frontier, Spirit, and maybe Allegiant. And, uh, but it's in the American terminal. And so I told him, I was like, Hey, you know, go, go check it out. Just see it. Uh, I didn't get his contact info. So I don't know if it, he didn't tell me if it was still there. I haven't heard anything from him since, uh, but I really hope that he, he saw it. I hope my guitar is still there on the wall of the Omaha airport, uh, because that was really fun for me. It was a great trip being there. Um, so I, I went to Dallas, got on my next flight out here, got back to San Angelo in the early afternoon. And uh, it's time to start off the second half of the semester and get back to business, studying hard, getting those good grades. And uh, so everyone else here at Angelo State listening, good luck to you all in the next half of the semester. Keep working hard. Keep taking care of business. Get those good grades. To everyone everywhere else, good luck to whatever you're doing in the next half of the semester as well. Keep rocking. Power through it and get it all done. Thank you again for listening to Trevor Talks on Ram Radio at Angelo State University, 11 a.m. live on TuneIn Radio, and anytime on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you.